Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 625. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Tell us whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We'll send it to you free of charge, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message today and good music, actually excellent music, and um, uh, we've got some letters. Let's pray now. Father, I pray to you that you will really, you showed me scriptures uh, this morning and explained them to me, and I pray, Lord, that you'll let me expound them from your throne just as you will. Lord, I pray that you do it and that you'll bind Satan and build a wall of fire around and about us and every true Christian on earth. The Catholics call themselves Christians, but Lord, you know they're our worst enemy. Your enemies, when you were here on earth, Lord, were the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees, the religions. The religions of the world are still your greatest enemy, Father. They're acting. They're not real. They're like a mannequin in compared to a real live child. The real live child has got life in it. A mannequin is dead, just like the religions. Lord, we pray that they'll be saved and that uh, you'll open their eyes. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, and Lord, give us big open doors and bind the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, now, we've got a young man here on deck to sing for you. His name is Josh Turner, and the song is called The Long Black Train. There's a long black train coming down the line Feeding off the souls that are lost and crying Rails of sin only evil remains Watch out brother for that long black train Look to the heavens You can find redemption staring back into your eyes There is protection and there's peace the same Burn in your ticket for that long black train Cause there's victory in the Lord I say Victory Right as well. 
driving that long black train but it's for sure he's driving it right into hell and <laughs> the train is loaded with uh, all sorts of evil angels that were cast out of heaven and everyone in this world that will not repent except the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior okay we have some letters today where's the first one from from Phoenix Arizona okay uh, what do they have to say Dear Pastor Alamo and Church, please accept this small tithe, and may God multiply it as he did the loaves and fishes. I want whatever part I can have in your huge soul-winning ministry. Thank you for all the encouragement via the radio broadcasts. Your friend and brother, Jim Jacobsmeyer. All right, and next, you have something else? Yes, from Borno State, Nigeria, Africa. Mm-hmm. Dear Pastor Alamo, Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord continue to increase your anointing. I happen to have been one of the critics who did not believe or listen to preachers who preach but do not do according to the Bible. But when I began to read one of the books you wrote entitled The Messiah, I was transformed. I was a Muslim before, but now I am a Christian. Through you, God has changed my life completely. Amen. I want you to help me with a study Bible so that I can know more about God. I was a Muslim before I had an encounter with Christ through your book, and I won't go back because I have seen the light. 
Kindly also send me some books that I can distribute during evangelism, like the Messiah and other books. I hope to hear from you. Yours in the Lord, Andrew Batur from Borno State, Nigeria. Praise the Lord. We'll do just that. Then we have a real small one. Uh, go ahead and read that one, too. From Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I think I have found someone that tells the truth, exclamation point. Thank you, Mr. Alamo, signed Scott Bridge from Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, it's really good when you find somebody who's got the truth. Uh, so few people do these days. In these last days. But now I'm glad that you've found the truth. And I'm so happy that I have, too. And I'm sure everyone out there in uh, our listening audience can identify with that. I'm sure every one of you that have found the truth are uh, just praising and thanking the Lord. Now, the subject mattered in this message today is mortify. And uh, mortifying, the Lord talks about mortifying the flesh. There's so many people on television today that are uh, killing people and they're... Uh, all these different supposed-to-be-do-gooder type people that are uh, giving their philosophies on how this could be stopped. And they have, um, these psychologists are doing everything in their power to try to think of something they could do to stop all the violent crime and violence that's on earth today. And uh, just, uh, all, I've already solved that problem. Somebody, uh, I'm somebody that does have the truth. And if you're listening today, you have found the source of truth because the source is God. Uh, this is the, he is the way and the truth, the truth, the only truth in the whole universe and the life. Everybody else is just making up their own rules and regulations Crime, violence, hatred, uh, all these things would come to a screech in the halt if people would just go to the Lord. Now, when we go to the Lord, the Bible says we must go to the cross. And there's a good reason for going to the cross, because the cross is a sign of death. This is where Jesus was put to death, and he said that we have to follow him. Oh, in death, yes. But the death that we suffer is a death to, we have to mortify our flesh. That is because we're all cadavers, actually, walking and talking cadavers. I realize that there's some people that can't talk. Uh, their tongues have been tied some way or another. The devil doesn't want them to talk. Or else the Lord doesn't want them to talk. But we have to mortify our uh, tongue. We have to crucify our tongues. We have to crucify our flesh. We have to die out to the old way that we were. The life that you're living right now is not a spiritual life. And the Lord tells us, you know, you notice that the disciples just followed Jesus. If he slept, they slept. Sometimes when he was awake, they would sleep too. He told them to stand watch with him for a while while he prayed. But they wouldn't. They just kept falling asleep. And they were not yet mortified. In order for us to really get into the kingdom of heaven, we have to first 
die out to our old life, and then uh, walk in the Spirit. Now, before we're mortified, we're walking in the flesh. But we can't walk in the flesh. We can't serve two masters. We can't serve our flesh and then serve the Holy Spirit. So many people think that they're saved. They say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I say the name of Jesus. I pray to Jesus. But does Jesus hear you? And does he answer you? If you're mortified, he does. Now, when we first get saved, we get all this tremendous uh, blessing from the Lord. He talks. Uh, I, anyway, I did. I mean, I had a lot of visions, uh, dreams, really definitely dreams from the Lord and visions from very, very spiritual visions from the Lord. And I just thought this was going to go on forever. Then I saw signs and wonders, and it just was like unbelievable to me because I'd never seen anything like it in my entire life. And God put me with a woman that knew God, uh, you know, that just really knew God. You hear, I hear a lot of women preaching on TV, and I can tell that, um, you know, they, they bring messages and everything like that, but uh, God showed me that she was his little baby doll. And uh, I've seen that in the vision that God gave me of her and myself being married. And first she saw it. I never would have even expected or hoped to think that I could ever be married to any woman like that because she was my Bible teacher and uh, it just never even occurred. I, I was going to be a eunuch. But uh, the Lord showed me to get married to Sue. And what it uh, was is she was, uh, I came in and she was going to take me to a dentist that day. And I went over to her place where a bunch of us had Bible lessons. Because I would bring people up from Hollywood Boulevard to the apartment where she was. And uh, the people would get saved. I'd give my testimony of how the Lord visited me in that office and then he showed me signs and wonders and I was saved. I saw heaven and hell. And then um, she was uh, praying like crazy and I, the toothache that I had went away and I sat on the couch and I fell sound asleep into a very deep sleep because I couldn't sleep because of the pain. And then this vision just crashed into my head while I was sound asleep and it was God putting us together. He showed me walking into to this room. She was lying on a couch. She had on a very fuchsia-colored or reddish-colored uh, sweatshirt. It was velour, and her uh, the pants she had on was like blue. And her hair was different because it was cut, and it was it uh, swept forward. There was bangs, and then it swept forward. But the day before that, her hair was very long, and so I'd never seen her with short hair like that. And so um, it showed me walking up very quickly to that couch and kneeling down and kissing her. And it was in full color, and then it changed from her uh, laying there and me walking there. It changed to our profiles, just our faces. My left profile and her right profile. And uh, so we were kissing, and I, I got very frightened, and I pushed myself up from the sleep and was saying, no, 
No, uh, she's uh, too godly. She's too uh, smart for me. And this voice came down and said, that's good for your ego. And then I just started, there was a golden pipe that came out of me that all kinds of questions were coming out so fast that I didn't even know what my heart was asking or saying. And then all of a sudden there was another pipe that came down from heaven into my heart and uh, all of it seemed like there was just like a fire hose uh, going a hundred miles an hour full of answers. You don't know what the answers were until each day, one day at a time. I People ask me questions, uh, not necessarily, uh, they're about the Bible and I know what the answers are. But I didn't get the answers really, I still had to study and I still have to study every day. So don't let anybody think that they can get into the kingdom of heaven without studying the Bible. You have to study all the time because and pray to ask the Lord. Uh, that's what I do anyway. Is to what should what message should I bring to the people today? And the Lord told me about mortify to destroy the strength totally or functioning or to subdue or deaden as the body or bodily appetites. So there's a lot of things that, uh, in other words, we have to stop doing what we were doing in the world. And the Bible says, God says, that he wants us to give him all of something. A-L-L. Okay, now all, I mean, if I've got, say, a hundred dollars in my pocket, and he says, give it all to me. That means that there's not even one penny left. Not even one pence, or one threepence, or one mite. And if he says he wants all my heart, and all your heart, all my soul, that means there's nothing left of my heart but for him. Now, if I do that, I'm mortifying myself. I'm giving him everything I got. All my heart, A-L-L. All my soul. All of it. Not to, Don't leave anything or leave to take anything back like Sapphira and Ananias. All my body. All of it. I mean, because this is a cadaver or it's a... a Morto. In other words, he wants this body to be totally void of me so he can enter in and use the whole thing for his purpose. All my heart, A-L-L, all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. He wants this cadaver. Now, people, we never think of, you know, when I'm talking to somebody on the street or if I'm talking to one of the people in the congregation or if I'm talking to you in the radio audience that I'm, you know, I'm talking to you and telling you what God said. I didn't make this up. And I know that in the event that we want something from the Lord that we're going to have to mortify our flesh. We have to mortify it. So, you just really don't know the Lord until you do that. You just don't realize what it's like to pray and then receive an answer from the, uh, the Lord. There has to be a communion there. Now, if we're unfaithful at doing what he says to do, 
then we're, uh, you know, like Saul. The Lord told him what to do, what to abstain from, and he wanted to do it. Uh, the people of uh, Israel wanted him to do something, and the people of Israel feared. He was afraid of them to not do what they wanted, but he wasn't afraid of the Lord. And so he got in a lot of trouble. As a matter of fact, the Lord took his kingdom away from him and gave it to David. Now Saul was big and strong and, you know, bulky. Big, stood head and shoulders over everybody else. They admired him because he was tall. Just like uh, people admire tall people in this world. But uh, with David, he's just a little guy. But they say David was little, but oh my, he's the one that slew the giants. So we're not to be so at all really concerned that much about appearance. We have to keep our appearance up. Otherwise, people won't pay any attention to what we say. And the Lord says to do everything in decency and in in order. Now, we're not really going to be able to make any headway against Satan in this world if we don't give everything that we have to the Lord. And you know, when we give something to somebody, we can't take it away. Take, for instance, the governor of the state of California or Arkansas or New York or any governor, and you take and give him a big set of silver, uh, you know, silver spoons, knives and forks and uh, silver trays and pitchers and sugar bowls and creamers and all the doodads that go along with an entire set of silver like the, the rich folks have. And then you go back and a year later and you just still figure it's yours and you want to take it back. You can't do that with the Lord. Uh, he said he gave his whole body for you. And then he wants us to follow him. He says, now come and follow me. All right? And uh, I'm God. And if you won't follow God, then who will you follow? If you're following anybody else other than God, you're following the devil. Now, some people take offense at that. I just got a check from the Lord that people resent me saying that. But you, because you haven't fully received that we have to give it all up to the Lord. That is, if we want to have full communion with him, if we want to have everything that he has, because we become his body. Uh, we're members of his body if we give everything of our body to him. Now, he wants to live in you. And he wants to live in everybody. Yeah, that's plain in the Bible. He says, uh, so that when we come to the cross, we give our life, our heart, our soul, our mind, our entire being. We mortify. We agree with the Lord to die out to the flesh. Because we can't walk in the flesh and be in the spiritual realm at the, at the same time. It's just impossible. Is two different vehicles. The flesh is one vehicle and the spirit is another one. Now we're at a crossroads here. We have to figure 
Which one of these vehicles do we want to ride in? Do we want to go to the cross and die out? Because Jesus died. He died for me and therefore... How could I make a lesser sacrifice than to die out for him? This is called mortification of the flesh. Romans 8.13. Let's uh, read that right quick. For if ye live after the flesh... Yeah, okay, so if you live after the flesh, you, you, you haven't lost uh, your life yet. If we lose our life to the flesh and stop living the fleshy life like we did before we met the Lord. If we walk after the flesh, what's going to happen? Ye shall die. You're going to go to hell. You'll die and go to hell. So that leaves that choice. That won't work for me. Okay, I don't want to go to hell. If you walk after the flesh, ye shall die. Well, I don't want to die, and that means die means you don't have life anymore. But then what? But if ye through the Spirit... Through the Spirit, so you have to... If you choose the Spirit, then what? Do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Yeah, so if you mortify the deeds of the body, that means you walk in the Spirit. Now, there's no possible way that you can mortify the deeds of uh, the body unless you get in the spirit so a lot of people say i don't believe in the lord and i'm not going to make my children believe in the lord and then your child goes down to the schoolhouse and takes his gun out and starts killing everybody and then you're wondering what the world happened to my son your son is not walking after the spirit of the lord but he's walking after the devil and then you go to these dead psychologist and psychiatrist he said my son was just so sweet he was just so sweet and uh, he didn't do anything wrong all his life he used to empty the garbage and he used to do whatever i said and he went to school and he got good grades and he uh he was nice to he brought an apple for the teacher every day and oh there was nothing But people don't believe the gospel that tells you that Satan is the prince of the air and he'll come down and dive bomb on your son or your daughter because they don't know the Lord. They're walking dead people. They're cadavers. Their souls haven't been brought to life yet. Their souls are dead. Their spirits are dead. And you don't want to seek the Lord. No, my God, we have a future here on earth. And my son wants to be somebody. Well, according to the Lord, he, uh, those that walk after the flesh, they don't mortify the flesh. What happens to them is they're going to die. Because they're already dead in their sins and trespasses. And so... They didn't go to the Lord to resurrect their spirit. I don't want my child walking after the spirit because they're going to be like cult leaders. They're going to become cultists. Is that a cult? And you know, the news media says, 
oh, this group out in Texas, they don't let their people go out in the world. Like that's a sin. The Bible tells us that we have to turn completely from the world and give our hearts to the kingdom of heaven. The world, he says, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Okay, so the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, somebody offends your son's pride and he's walking in the flesh and he is going to be brooding about this in his little chamber, his little bedroom, and he's going to be calling on Satan because you let him watch the TV all the time, and he says these programs about uh, spiritualism, and he sees these uh, stories about ghosts and the ghost chasers and all of these things, and uh, this falls into necromancers, spiritualists. Not God's spirit, but satanic spirits, black magic, and things like this. And then the devil starts taking hold on your son, and all of a sudden they start brooding. They take a liking to one of the girls in school, and they see somebody that maybe be a little bit more handsome than him, and like that really ticks him off. And maybe the handsome guy just pushes his hand in the face. And they don't have, they're not walking in the spirit, and they're not able to take that kind of um, abuse to their pride. What a pride. All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh. So he's a lusting after this girl that goes up, takes up with this other guy in the school. And then he's picturing himself uh, in a lustful place with her. And uh, he sees this other guy walking away with her. And people are laughing at him and mocking at him and everything. And he doesn't have the power of God in him to look for a godly woman. Somebody that God gives him. Because the Bible says that God will give you uh, the person that was made for you from before the world began. He knew in the future that there's somebody in this world that was made especially for you. Absolutely 100% for you. It's like two peas in a pod, just like when the Lord showed me that I was going to be married to Susie. And he was showing her that she was going to be married to me before that, and she was totally against it she says lord he's too young he's also just recently saved and i've been in the gospel field for 25 years and lord i don't want to lose my soul now i don't want to be lusting after this man because i don't want to lose my soul i've gone too far in the sphere 25 years now and please father no this can't be he said, it is true. She said, he's too young. And he said, yes, but he's strong. He's strong spiritually. But then she started saying all kinds of things and questions came out of her and answers came back. And she said, okay, Father, if this is really you, then 
I know that you are not going to get me crossed up because I know how to put you in the corner. If this is you, then you tell him and make him come and tell me. And if that happens, then I'll know it's you. And so at that, I was sound asleep on the couch, and here comes this vision crashing into me, and she's laying on the couch in there. Her hair is short, not like it was last night. And here this uh, spirit says, it's true, it's true, it's true. He's pulling these questions out of me, and the answers are coming back, and it's like round ringlets of uh, smoke going around me. And I woke up, and I'm pushing myself up, and the word is saying, like the Holy Spirit was saying, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. And this vision turned from black and white into wrought iron. Our faces were made out of wrought iron kissing. It was like white hot iron. And then it like started shimmering and making a noise, like a metallic ringing noise and just embedded right down into my mind. My heart and my soul, and I felt the hand of the Lord reach down into my body and give me love, warm love in my heart. He woke my heart up and filled it with real, real love. So I was, I wasn't going to uh, be married to Sue. I never would have thought to ask her, and she never, in her wildest imaginations, would have ever chosen me. She always wanted a gray-haired man, distinguished-looking, that could walk in, because she was a phenomenal preacher, Holy Spirit-filled preacher, and she thought she'd walk arm-in-arm very elegantly in with this um, very nice, aged man, somebody that had respectability, somebody that would add class to her spirituality rather than me because I wasn't the ex I was the exact opposite of what she wanted. But, but when we were married we found out that we were like two peas in a pod. We were like two cats. We could look at each other and tell uh, people would be talking to us and asking us questions, and I'd know when Sue didn't want me to say anything, she'd raise one of her eyebrows, and I'd just be quiet and let her take over. And then uh, if they were asking questions, then she would look at me and say, go ahead, take this one. And we would work that way as a team. And uh, when Crosby, Stills, Nash, and uh, Young were at the house, uh, they would talk to a newspaper reporter about us, and they said that Tony and Sue, we felt like we were in the presence of like two cats. Uh, they'd look at us, and uh, they said they just knew what to do at the right time. And they came over to our house because they wanted us to, uh, our choir, to sing uh, in a movie uh, that Warner Brothers was doing. Uh, Jack Nitsche and I were in business together. We had a, uh, we were in with H.B. Barnum, who's uh, the boy wonder. He's the man is uh, so talented, it's unreal. Plays every instrument. And 
He's uh, sang, he used to sing with RCA Victor and his own label. And so Jack told Warner Brothers that they should get our choir uh, to be in the movie. So, and Jack really used to talk me up a lot to Neil Young and the rest of those guys. And Neil, every time he sees me, I mean, he just comes over and hugs me and gives me a big hug to this very day. Really, for what reason, because I'd never met him before that, uh, and I didn't know his music. But anyway, uh, this is like the Lord has somebody for you. If you give your whole life to him, don't you think he's going to give everything to you? I gave my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength to him. I, did. I wanted to just serve him. It wasn't like I wanted to get anything out of the Lord. I wasn't even looking to get married. And Sue certainly wasn't either. Well, we uh, we never would have married each other for all the tea and shine. But when we saw that it was of the Lord, oh, my God, it was like heaven on earth. Yeah, I've never experienced anything like that before, my li- before in my life. And uh, the, the, the events in my life in uh, the spiritual realm has just been a wonder. It's like I'm in a dream all the time. Oh, in a dream. It's so wonderful to give your life. You think you're going to lose something? When the Lord showed himself to me uh, in that office and talked to me, and I knew he existed, there wasn't anything on this earth that I was uh, at all uh, concerned about. And people think, well, we're giving up our education, and um, we're going to give up... uh, You give up your life, those that walk after the flesh shall die. Amen? Read that scripture again. For if ye live after the flesh. Oh, live after the flesh. That means, I know God's there. I know you're there, but you're no big deal. You don't mean what you say. You're a liar just like I am. Believe me, folks, God is not a liar. He wants you to yield everything of yourself unto him. And if you do, there isn't any good thing that he'll withhold from you. Now, you if you make, uh, you say, well, I'm not waiting for God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be weary. They will uh, never lose their strength if you wait on the Lord, because the Lord, you choose your own mate, and I know people supposedly in the spiritual realm, but they're really not, that have chosen their own mates. And they just keep getting divorced and married and they're living according to the flesh. Oh, I see somebody that looks good. And uh, Brother Tony, I see somebody that looks good. And I prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said that we should be married. Well, there's about 15 other people that said they were brothers. And they all said that the same woman was there. said a woman could only be married to one man. Now, which one of them was right? There was at least 14 of them that were wrong. Amen? Amen. But in this case, 15 were wrong. 
So I called the woman up and I said, are you sure that you two haven't been playing Izzy's with each other and sort of flirting with each other? And because I know that this man, he doesn't really reach the throne. He, I didn't know of him, the God answering him that fast on anything. I've never heard of him saying the Lord told him anything, really. And it's just hard for me to believe. Didn't you all be flirting with each other a little bit? She said, yes, sir, that that is true. That is true. And I says, well, that's it. Well, the man is obviously a liar. And so I think that would be a bad choice, don't you? And she said, yes, sir. So I said, well, why don't you just pray about it? Why don't you just wait on the Lord? Give your entire self. But we just get so lonely at night, and we just need some company. Get a dog or something, okay? You know, no, don't get a dog. Pray to the Lord. Give your whole life to the Lord, and you'll see that God will give you everything that is just right for you. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members. In other words... Give everything to the Lord. That's what mortification means. Die out to your own will, like Jesus did. Not my will, Father, but thy will be done. The sinner's prayer, I mean the uh, Lord's prayer is, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not mine. Amen. Amen. In earth, just like it is in heaven. I know, Father, that you've got the exact person for me. You've got the exact ministry for me. And there's no possible way that I'm ever going to get that. No way, unless I give all my heart. All my soul, all my mind, all my strength to you. Keep focused on the Lord. And he'll see that. He sees everything. He knows when you've given everything unto him. Now, Colossians 3, 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Yeah, is it? Give everything to the Lord. That's mortifying. That's you're dead then. You die out to yourself and give everything to the Lord. Then what? Fornication, uncleanness. See, all these things, if you're in the flesh. I just would like to fornicate with you is what this man is saying. Or would you like to fornicate with me? Not, um, back then, I, if I was going to have a woman, I wanted one that just wanted to serve the Lord. Uh, you know, fornication. The body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. Don't worry. You'll be able to fornicate if you get married. If God gives you the right mate, and you'll have happiness. You'll enjoy your wife, and she'll enjoy you. You'll be like two peas in a pod. Then read on. Inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So, you... When you do your own picking, you're picking stuff that you idolize. Oh, I just love the way she looks. And um, you don't know anything about her, really. Especially women today. You don't know what they are. I was watching um, 
on television, this woman, the man was, um, her husband was uh, hiring somebody to kill her. And uh, this man was interviewing her and sympathizing with her. And um, she says, uh, I, I don't uh, understand why he was so angry at me. He said, he was accusing me of having sexual relationship with this man for four years. And it was only for one year. Well, in the Bible, she'd have been stoned to death. And uh, so he was trying to hire somebody to murder her. But, you know, when uh, if you were really of the Lord, uh, you wouldn't be married to somebody like that. That's what you get out of the world. And just one fornication or one adultery. No adulterer or no fornicator shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Evil concupiscence, that's all you got on your mind is like, wow, I like the rear end of this girl. Or, man, that guy's got a cute rear end. Or this guy's so handsome. Or this person is so, dresses so nice. What are you looking at that for? Why are you not looking at the Lord? Amen? Amen. So he can give you somebody of quality. Not quantity. Because these women today, they think it's all right to go out and have sex with dozens of men. They think it's all right to go to nightclubs and uh, jump around like a maniac and listen to that music. That anybody in their right mind would go uh, crazy listening to it. Okay, did you finish with that scripture? Yes. Read it again. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. Uncleanness means you're just filthy dreamers. Uh, you just don't have, I mean, in this world, it's so rare to find a godly woman. And you're not going to find one unless you give everything unto the Lord. Unless you die out to your desires, your will. Your flesh. Then what? Evil concupiscence. Evil concupiscence. You know what that is? Hmm? Well, it, I brought it in messages before. It's like thinking of filth all the time. Uh, thinking of filthy things and then masturbating and so on. Why do that when you could give your whole life unto the Lord and he'll give you a man or a woman that is God created for you from before the foundation of the world. Now, if you don't, well, the, that man or that woman that should have been yours, uh, you'll never have her. You'll never have him. Okay, now, Second um, Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle... Uh, our word dissolved. We have a building of God. Well, see, we have a building of God. If you give all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you, unto the Lord, you've given everything unto him. You didn't keep five cents or a penny in your pocket. Then even if your body is dissolved, the body is a cadaver. It's just a place where your spirit is. And uh, it's uh, carting uh, your spirit around. 
but it's being led by a dead spirit and your soul. Your soul is full of all these evil things that she was just reading about. But if uh, it was dissolved, we have a building of God. Well, what is the building of God? That's the body of Christ. It's a building. You live in Christ and Christ lives in you. Uh, so you think that you're going to get something by attacking the house of God, or you believe that you're going to receive anything of any quality uh, by um, just not paying any attention to what God says? You're never going to have what the Lord had prepared for you from before the foundation of this earth unless you give him everything. That's his first command is to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, Jesus loved you that much. He gave his everything for us. He gave his body. He, it was hung on a cross, and uh, he died there for us. Then, after that, he was buried in a grave, and then he, his spirit went down. That's his spirit with uh, the Father. And the Holy Spirit went to hell for us. And they suffered the pangs of hell three and a half days. Then on the third day, he rose from hell. And he also rose from the grave. And then he was seen by the brethren. Um, and even one of the sisters. Uh, many times. So this building of God is a house. Not made with hands. Uh, that spirit that is in us was not made by hands. God was never created. He's the uncreated God. He's given his heart, his soul, his mind, his body for us. Now he says, come on and follow me so I can give you everything that I have. It's not made with hands, but it's eternal in the heavens. And that's where we sit with him if we've given everything unto him, as we sit in the kingdom of heaven. And the word mortify, all that means is just give everything that you have unto the Lord. You know, you spend so much time before the TV, cut it off and start studying the word. And that's what I have to do in order to bring these messages, sometimes having three and four messages a day on these tapes. And I couldn't do that if I wasn't giving my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength unto the Lord. Now, why don't you give your heart, soul, mind, and strength unto the Lord right now? My time is up uh, for this message. So why don't we just pray? Why don't we get up to the throne and say, Lord, I'm going to give my whole life, my heart, my soul, my mind, and strength, because the devil has taken everything that you wanted to give to me He's taken it away from me. And so I want what you have. I want what you've had for me from before the foundation of the world. And so, Father, I say this sincerely. Come into my heart. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ, say this after me. I believe that Jesus Christ, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, the one that has everything for me. You have everything for me. The Holy Spirit has everything for me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross with you, the Holy Spirit. 
that he died on the cross and that uh, he was buried and that uh, you rose him, you raised him up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Lord God, uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word is spirit and life. Uh, therefore, I know that you have heard me. You won't turn me away. You will save my soul. You're the truth. You said you would. All that call upon you shall be saved. Therefore, I know you've heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. Now, just raise your hands up, giving yourself completely and totally unto the Lord one day at a time, and praise and thank the Lord for saving your everlasting soul. And just uh, get yourself an old King James Version of the Bible, or dust the one off that you have, and begin reading it and, and studying it. And uh, if you'd like a copy of this tape, Sharon will uh, make sure she'll send you one. Just ask for tape number or program number 625. It's absolutely free. Sharon, tell them how to receive it. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Now, praise the Lord. Now, this is World Pastor Tony Alawa saying, tune in tomorrow for some more life, eternal life. And, uh, you know, I had a dream um, before many uh, of heaven and hell, and I've seen visions of it. And I actually had uh, dreams from the Lord that uh, I saw the Lord once in person with uh, my eyes wide open. And uh, here's Porter Wagner. He had a dream uh, and he saw all his friends. And some of them were my friends, too, that went on to be with the Lord. The Dream by Porter Wagner. It's a, He said it's for sure he just saw it before he went out to the Lord. The Dream, a true story. I had a dream the other night, the most beautiful dream I've ever had in my whole life. I dreamed that I went to heaven, and I seen some old friends of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. They were friends that was like family to me that I used to play the Grand Ole Opry with. Now precious memories flood my soul. I couldn't hardly believe how great they all looked. They had all turned back the pages of time. God had made them all new and young again. In this place where they'll never grow old and time will never end. There's no sickness in heaven. There was Roy and Oz, E.T. and Hank. I've never seen such a beautiful sight. Minnie Pearl, a beautiful girl. 
Johnny, June, Grandpa and Strang, they all were there that night. I've never seen such an all-star cast, this dream of mine, it was so real. Marty Robbins was there. Waylon, Chip, Bill Carlisle, and Elvis. They all were there. Patsy Klein, Skeeter Davis, Dottie West, Mother Maybell, and all the best were there. Some of my close friends from Bluegrass from many years ago. Like Reno and Smiley, Mac McGahey, Benny Martin, Carter Stanley. They were playing a beautiful song titled Little Cabin Home on the Hill. And the duet that was singing it was the two guys that wrote it, Lester and Bill. This dream is one of my treasures I will keep the rest of my life. And uh, it's the only out-of-body experience I've ever known in my life. When I woke up from the dream, I got up and I knelt by the side of my bed. I thank God for allowing me this beautiful dream. Because I felt like I'd seen all of my friends that meant so much to me. And they were all like brand new. Grandpa Jones spoke to me and called me by a nickname that he gave me many years ago. He said, how are you, Leather? I'll never forget this dream. Thank you, God. Thank you.